I feel like people are just becoming more and more repelled by that. And so I think the days of companies being more personal and accessible, and I want to hear what you sound like. Mm -hmm. I want to know who you are before I sign a contract with you, before I do business with you. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think if anything, it's going to deepen. I think people think about branded podcasts as like Colgate having a podcast about brushing your teeth. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my interview with Molly Ruland. I'm curious about whether or not your company has a mission. Do you have like like a, a mission that you want to get out there into the world for your clients? You know, I don't I I probably should write it down more as a mission, but our our tagline <laughs> is listening is the revolution. Uh and I really do believe that uh on a lot of levels I think if we could just listen to each other, we could heal a little bit um in almost every aspect of life. Oh yeah. Um you know, I think it's just about creating sustainability uh, and, and helping people create relationships because that, that you know, the older I get, relationships are everything. Your entire <laughs> totally. life is dictated by the relationships you hold personally and professionally, you mm -hmm. know, and sometimes even more professionally because sometimes you talk to your clients more than you talk to your friends or your family <laughs> members. And if so they're true. not cool people, they can really bum you out, man. You know yeah. what I mean? So like... It's really important who you choose to do business with and, and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, relationships are everything. Yeah, I definitely agree. So along those lines, then, your mission, what do you find to be the most difficult part of that mission between you and your clients? <laughs> or, or even just in general? You know, to be honest, I feel super fortunate because all of my clients I've gotten from doing public speaking. And and so, and I've spoken at the National Press Club. I've spoken to 70 PR agents in a university. I mean, I have, you know, that's a whole story. I thought, I didn't realize I showed up and looking like a bike courier who was delivering lunch. <laughs> I had no idea it was such a button up suit thing. At the end of it, I had 12 people waiting to talk to me and it was 40% of my annual revenue the next year. Nice. All of them in suits. I was not. So I have found that by getting out in front of people and being 100% myself, you know, um, I attract the kind of clients who want to work with me and resonate with that kind of, you know, a little bit of uh, rebellious, if you will, but also like I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this for a long time. I'll drive you in the right direction, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to gas you up. I'm not going to send you a 17-page proposal. I'm just going to get to work. And so that attitude resonates with some people and it doesn't with others. And they, and I tend to get the, the right people around me. So um, I haven't had too much of a conflict or, you know, uh, I think people, you know, relate with the parts of me, that those rebellious parts. And they, so oh, yeah. it's not too much convincing. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I mean, especially if you're on a public stage. So then people get to know you and either they're repelled or they're attracted. I mean, <laughs> exactly. you know, I mean, <laughs> there's no two ways about it, right? <laughs> so. I'm sure people leave and they're like, I'm going to pray for her. You know, like I can only imagine 
because I definitely like you know I have my you know I'm, my plan D is stand up comedy so like it you know it's also my trauma response so like it always comes out somehow you know you're standing in front of seventy people you got to like make them like you really quick and deliver value there's a lot going mm-hmm. on in there but but yeah you know I imagine you are a lot of fun on stage <laughs> I don't think that would be a problem <laughs> I've been known for sure. Yeah. So do you have any clients that you want to talk about that are particular successes you're proud of? You know, gosh, so many of them for so many different reasons. There's a podcast. It's hard. It's like choosing a favorite child. I know. I have a favorite dog, but don't tell the other ones. Um, (laughs) It's the black one, but um, she's the best. She's like a little lab. She's a maniac. I love her. But um, uh, different reasons. Uh, we produce a podcast called China Mena, which is about China and the like Iranian relationship and all of that. And it's very buttoned up and very political and made massive waves in that community and won awards and all kinds of stuff. So we're very proud to produce that work, um, just to be a part of that, you know, um, we also produced a podcast called um, Cyber Moonshot, which is like two episodes out, but it's all like very heavy audio drama, which was out of our normal. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And you know, one thing that I'm very proud of, it's not necessarily a podcast, but it's right up your alley. When the pandemic hit, I was approached by a company that helps people write books. And she came to me and said, I have 76 authors that need audiobooks." And I wasn't doing audiobook production. And I thought, this is a way to put a whole bunch of people to work who have home studios like you in this pandemic. And so we formed an audiobook department at HeartCast Media. And I hired a friend of mine who's been doing audio editing for 30 years. And uh, we were able to put a whole lot of people to work during the pandemic through the audiobook production and those 76 books that we produced. And Fantastic. so I'm very proud of that because yeah, congratulations. It, it was a very uncertain time. And so to be able to reach out to people who are like, what am I going to do? Well, you got a nice mm-hmm. microphone and a real studio at home like you do. You know, th- th- you can make some money right now because nobody else <laughs> has all that equipment. Yeah. Remember? And there was like supply chain issues. Even the local music store didn't have things oh, for yeah. months on end. You couldn't even get a webcam for a while there. Right. So like, yeah. <laughs> so I think that I'm probably the most proud of, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. in the work we did there. Yeah, that's really great. And and good that you were able to offer that for people, both for the authors and for the people doing the audiobooks. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. I, I'm curious whether you see a particular future for branded podcasts. Like, where do you see it going? What I mean, you know, we've kind of talked about the purpose of it, mm-hmm. but but what do you think is coming up in the future? I think it's only going to get deeper because I think, um, you know, one thing living in Costa Rica is like we don't have the same like corporate interest protection here as we do there. And so being away for a year and going back, you're just reminded of how little you're cared about and everything is to protect corporate interests. And I feel like people are just becoming more and more repelled by that. And so I think the days of companies being more personal and accessible, and I want to hear what you sound like. Mm -hmm. I want to know who you are before I sign a contract with you, before I do business with you. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think if anything, it's going to deepen. I think people think about branded podcasts as like Colgate having a podcast about brushing your teeth. And it's like, well, yeah, sure. But, but on a real granular personal level, 
you know, I think, I think that it's all going to be, I think there's going to be a pendulum swift, right? I think there's a lot of narcissism. There's a lot of me, 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 but I think it's going to end up in the middle. And I think it's going to be, you know, continue to grow as a very valuable source for people to decide who they want to do business with. Like I, yeah. I, I have a client, they do geospatial satellite mapping. I don't know what they're talking about on their podcast. Wow. I just glaze over. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, and you know, they get decent listens, nothing crazy, but they got like a $10 million contract out of it. Right. So like, you know, if you're going to hire, if you got a $10 million contract to award, are you going to hire the people who are so passionate about that thing that they talk about it in their spare time intelligently? Of course, of course, you're going to lean more to those people who love that thing that you want to hire them for. So you just never know the collateral benefits of what a podcast can do. And so you don't need 5 million downloads to make $5 million. Yeah, yeah, so true. I mean, it just depends on who you're reaching. It, it depends on reaching the audience that you should be reaching. So yeah, that's that's a really great point. And um I'm wondering where AI fits into all of this. Now, you've probably been asked this many, many times, I'm sure, at this point. <laughs> it's been all over. But it's supposedly helping individual creators get a little more efficient with their time. And I'm, I'm wondering how you think maybe independent podcasters could use that to their benefit. If you think there are pitfalls that people should be aware of, anything like that that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, the pitfall for sure is don't trust AI. It'll make you sound crazy, okay? You really, <laughs> don't just read those first two sentences and think you got gold because it'll derail halfway through that paragraph and say something out of whack. So you really got to oh, yeah. read everything. But I do think that um, absolutely independent creators should be using it. I mean, one of the hardest things to handle is like show notes and key takeaways and time. It's just time consuming, right? AI can do that for you in a jiffy. But here's the thing. AI is only going to extract out of it what you put into it. And so if your podcast doesn't make any sense and doesn't have a point and you're just rambling, then your AI's, you know, de metadata isn't going to be any better. You can't put lipstick on a pig. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you that still... show you though, right? Have right. the AI like... look through it and go, exactly. hmm. <laughs> Molly spoke in circles for 27 minutes and, you know, and because it will, it'll show you everything I've talked about, right? So I think it's still, you still got to have good quality. And it, it's like when digital cameras came out and everybody's freaking out. Photography is ruined. You know, no, man. You know, do you remember like every time there's an advancement? Right? I do remember, yeah. And so I think it's a lot like that, except I think it can be really beneficial for a lot of independent creators, especially podcasters, because there's so much pressure to do all these things on your own. And at the end of the day, like, I think if you really understand why those things are important, like the show notes and the metadata, that's all SEO and that's all great for YouTube and it's great for your website. And so if you're not putting yourself on either one of those, then it doesn't really, it doesn't really, you know, you, you got to have a lot of things in place. AI is not just going to work for you, right? It's this idea too of like, you got to have a sales funnel, Okay, well, a funnel implies a large amount of something being funneled into a smaller amount. So where's this large amount of traffic coming from? <laughs> it's very misleading because to yeah. get a large amount of traffic, you have to spend a large amount of money on paid ads. And then you filter them down like a sieve into this funnel and only the few good drips remain, right? That's not realistic for most entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, coaches, whatever. That's it's 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 internet fodder and it's a trap. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of, you know, I think it's one of those things. 
whatever you get it put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So you still got to have quality, but I think people should absolutely embrace AI. Just don't trust it. I really appreciate you being here. Know anyone that you think would make a great guest for this podcast? Someone who works in sound on behalf of clients? Please do get in touch. I'd love to hear about them. Your recommendations are always super helpful. And now back to the show. Yeah, it's uh, difficult to let it just go and do its thing because it's not accurate. <laughs> like if you tell it to write a bio for yourself, it's like Molly oh my graduated God. Harvard and then and yeah. then Stanford. Like <laughs> kind of lies. I actually did that once just to see what it would come up with, yeah. and yeah, it was like it was it's like absolutely I wish, ridiculous. You know, I wish that was me. Now, yeah. do I think there's bigger implications with AI, and I think robots are going to kill us? Absolutely, we're totally like absolutely. <laughs> It's over for us as far as like humanity, but like if you're going to shorten your workload, I'm all for AI because it's a bigger conversation, right? It's like, why are these big brains in the world saying like, hey, let's put a stop on this. There's definitely things to be nervous about. But in the meantime, mm -hmm. I think using it to edit your podcast or something is just smart business. Sure. Yeah. It's good for um, uh, instigating ideas, too. I, I find that um, getting it to put forth a, a few possible titles or you know possible totally. themes or something you know if you're asking it maybe you're you don't know what podcast to do next and you're asking it well can you suggest this topic for you know this audience you know or can you suggest something on this topic it'll give you some ideas which can be very helpful <laughs> For sure, so, because one of the biggest yeah. mistakes people make is how they name their podcast, and I see it all the time. They're like, episode 127. I'm like, oh, you killed my soul right there. Like, that's just a waste <laughs> of SEO. Like, nobody cares that it's a, you know what I mean? No, yeah. it should be like, you know, audio mastering and your business in 2023, not like my name, your name, the episode name, the name of the podcast. Like, people just, kill, like, they don't understand marketing, right? And they don't understand yeah. SEO. So, so AI will give you 10 titles that'll be, probably 174 times better than anything the average person is going to come up with because they don't understand that all it is is SEO. It's all SEO. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, totally. We're yeah. all working. That was my you. business before voiceover. <laughs> oh, so you know, the more I learn I know, about yeah, SEO, what I'm I like, did. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. pretty new to it, like comparatively, you know, but it's, yeah, it's the more changed I learned. a lot. Well, I mean, yeah, I was doing it in 95. It's like, it's changed oh immensely. <laughs> yeah. You were using like Morse code. Well, HTML code was definitely something we needed to know, right? But For sure. yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's something else. It's changed a lot. The last time I did this was 2007. So <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I I hire someone else to do it for me now. <laughs> You know, that might be an industry that's going to get shaked on its head is the mm. SEO agencies because they charge an exorbitant amount of money. And now with AI, you can say, write me keyword focused totals, titles, write me keyword focused descriptions, right? And another, that's another time people get it wrong. They're like, join Molly on Molly's podcast, on Molly's network where we talk about this. It's like, no, it should be. Let's talk about audio engineering and your business and your branding and how that can make more revenue with Jody Krangle of AR Media 
on Molly's spot. My name should be the last one, but everybody always leads with their name and their show and their business, and they just kill themselves on SEO. So the AI mm-hmm. will definitely show people like the proper way to write things, but I think it's going to kill that industry. And I'm not necessarily mad at that because I think there's too many SEO agencies charging entirely too much money and not producing tangible results. Yeah, it depends on what they're doing. It, it's uh, it's sure. kind of an art and a science, and I, I would be... A little suspect if I found out, for instance, that an SEO company was using the AI because I'd be like, well, why am I paying you then? <laughs> I could do that myself. <laughs> but they're all going to do it. I don't they know. might lie, but they're all using it. Yeah, I suspect that might be the case. But yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard to tell. I think there are a lot of industries that will be impacted by this, definitely. But uh, But yeah, it's... It's definitely going to revolutionize things. And um, and who knows how long humanity will survive. <laughs> yeah. We might only have like seven more years, so you might as well get yeah. it in. You know what I mean? Like, good Lord. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you before we, we ended this. Um, I know that we had a little discussion on this when we spoke in, in the month before. But I, I wanted to ask you, what's it like being a woman in this industry? Because it seems very male centric. <laughs> you know, I've been in a male dominated industry my whole life. And one time the Southern older woman looked at me and she said, honey, all industries are male dominated. And I thought, well, ain't that the truth? Um you know what? I just kicked down the door. I just don't care. You know, I've just, I've, I, you know, in, in DC where we were based out of, I was the only woman in the room and, uh, for a very long time and I just got used to it. And, uh, I had to get tougher than I wanted to be. I had to be a little more aggressive and thick skin than I would like to be because everybody's at different places in their healing and trauma journeys. You know what I'm saying? Some people need to be yelled at and then they respect you. And some people will just do it the yeah. first time. I'm not here to judge, but it's a hard road to toe when you're the one having to be mean to people all the time yeah. to get them to do the thing you've asked them to do nicely five times. Yes. <clears throat> but I found that if you don't take that road, then they won't respect you at all. You know what I mean? You have to be the boss. It doesn't mean you have to be mean or aggressive, but you have to be the boss and you have to make it super clear right away um, or they will just run all over you. And I mean, I have a friend that does a huge national festival and the the guy installing the fence will be like, honey, go get your boss. Like, bro, what are you talking about? Who do you think is paying you the $40,000 for that fence? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, And especially in that world, in the AV world, it's very male and and they're always angry. You're like, it's 7 a.m. The gig hasn't started. How are you already angry sound man? Right. I mean, they really just kill me. I'm like, how could you possibly be angry already? This show hasn't even started. So um, I think it's been challenging, but I also kind of enjoy it. And I think on some level, I sort of fit in there. But my, my advice to people is like, you know, just just do your own thing. Don't worry about it. Build, if there's no room at the table, make your own table. Drag one with you. Make your Build it. Build it Good out of point. milk crates. Yeah. Do whatever you got to do. Don't wait <laughs> for that invitation. Don't wait for somebody else to do it, you know. And, you know, just just do it. Just do it anyway, you know, because that's that's what it is. And, I mean, there's... We opened so many doors for people, and if we hadn't, if I hadn't just done it and been uncomfortable a lot, then we wouldn't have done all these amazing things for people. So, um, I would say, kick down the door, create opportunity for yourself, then create opportunity for other women, and don't be a, don't be a, don't. 
I, I think as women, we get conditioned that there's like only room for one of us in the room. And then we like, mm. it's, we don't even realize that we're doing it. And I see it a lot when I'm working with like a client who has multiple vendors. It's like this, like, it's like a battle royale. I'm like, ladies, <laughs> I'm not trying, I'm not coming for your job. We could just get mm -hmm. along. There's really no need for the, and it, and so I would say like really lean into mentorship from women, lean into being in masterminds with women, lean into like just learning from women and, and just recognizing that like we are not the enemy and to lift each other up and open doors for each other. And, you know, like I've seen tweets and stuff where it's like, a, you know, lady's going to get a job and the secretary passes her a note and she's like, they're, they, they're offering this much money. Don't ask for less like that. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's the yeah. kind of stuff I like to see. So if you are a woman in a male-dominated industry, you know, make some room for other women uh, because that's the only way we're going to shift the balance. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for saying it. Yeah, <laughs> I think we need more of that. Do you want to sound your absolute best when you're being interviewed on a podcast or when you're hosting your own show? I have a podcast episode and free downloadable worksheet called Sounding Your Best as a Podcast Guest off of the audiobrandingpodcast.com main page. Just click on the little square graphic to the left of the player displaying my podcast trailer. It gives you some comprehensive suggestions for where to start or for improving the sound you already have, including the type of microphones to consider and why, ideas for soundproofing your recording environment, and suggestions on how to get the best sound when you're being remotely recorded on services like Riverside FM or Squadcast. Don't let bad audio quality hold you back from being the best podcast guest or host you can be. And of course, if you happen to need voiceover for your intro and outro, feel free to get in touch. I'm happy to help. And now back to the podcast. I think we're coming to the end here, but I just want to give you an opportunity to say how people can get in touch with you and, you know, maybe what you're working on right now that you're able to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So um, we've been uh, heartcastmedia.com. It's uh, like podcast, but heartcast, a uh, very heart-centered business here. Um, that's the best place to see our work and our case studies and all the services we offer. Uh, we've been really diving into podcast booking lately, and so I'm really excited about that. Uh, and we'll be launching a new season of Spencer Haywood, the Spencer Haywood Rule. Um, and that one, I will give him a shout out real quick. Um, Spencer Haywood is probably one of the most uh, extraordinary people I've ever met in my life. He was born in 1947 into indentured slavery in Silver City, Mississippi in 1947. Grew up picking cotton, literally. His first memories of being on his mom's back in a sack while she was picking cotton. Was discovered playing basketball in his senior year of, co of high school and was picked up, you know, sent to, you know, manor school the whole bit, literally, and was in the Olympics the next year and led the world in points, rebounds, and assists and wow. held that record for like a decade or something ridiculous. <laughs> Went on to the NBA... <clears throat> mm -hmm. sued the NBA because previously went to the Supreme Court with the NBA. This is a man born into slavery who couldn't read or write or anything, right? Because before you used to have to play four years of college before you go pro. So what was happening is these colleges were getting all this money, making all these money off these athletes that would break a bone and not make it out of college and not make it to the pros and didn't have to give them a dime. And especially, it was a little racist, right? As we can only imagine. So he took this 
NBA to the Supreme Court, citing hardship rule that no man should have to work for free for four years, and won and created the one-and-done rule, which has now created generational wealth. He's also fought for health insurance for NBA players and NFL players with the brain. The guy is like an absolute legend and just one of the nicest kindest people we ever meet in your life so we'll we'll be launching his podcast this second season and uh, and i and i love working with him and if you're into sports or if even if you're not it's a it's a heck of a story you know i love it yeah we people should definitely look that up For yeah sure. and congratulations to him that's quite a lot of wonderful work he's done <laughs> i mean you know he could have not done any of that and there's so many players that made millions of dollars because of him and got health insurance, you know, black, white, everything. So it's, it's what he's done for so many people is, is, is just unbelievable. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Molly. This has been a really great conversation and I appreciate you being here. Thank you. You too, Jody. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thanks. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time, 